this shit once again for you fake ass niggas. Lay the fuck down, bitch. Lay it down, lay it down. You hoes, lay it down, lay it down, lay it down. You hoes, lay it down. Got his head tilted back and on his face is a frown. Who that nigga that is the rope so don't you clown the sound and style of Swisher after Swisher. Oh, how I wish your steps so I can get Joey Wicked shit. Slick and swift as I slaughter quick. I bought the flip was fluid to show you how we be doing in the swab. So Buster, behave, my flavor's too deep, please be nice, I represent it all costs and always got my nigga rough, so ease up, cause you monks can't hang with me, I got too much game in me, killing ain't no thing to me, give a nut check, and I see your water breaks, I say that to say you're a bitch, and you ain't got what it takes, to stop the folk mother from freelance jacking, brush up on your skills, cause fool I ain't lacking, with my hands on my dick, my click and stick, so don't clown, bitches we ain't playing, Game for us to talk about. We got some crazy shit going on, man. Oh, man. That was a hell of a game in Memphis. I mean, uh, in Golden State. But um, sad news, man. Sad news. Um, Former Michigan State basketball player Adrian Payne got killed today. Wow. You know, he was most known for, you know, playing at state and, you know, being with that little girl who had cancer, man. And I guess he was murdered in a shootout. And someone was arrested at the scene of the shooting. You know, not a lot has come out about it yet, about what caused the shooting or anything. But I just wanted to acknowledge Payne, I was a fan of his when I was in co- when he was in college. Not when I was in college, I didn't go to state. But man, that's sad, man. That's tough. Oh man, let's move on to Thugger Thugger. Wow. I had no idea that any of this was really going on. <laughs> 56 counts. Of the Rico, Young Thug, and Gunna, and a bunch of YSL affiliates are being charged 
with trying to murder rapper YFN Lucci again. <laughs> this ain't the first fucking time that they tried to kill this guy because allegedly one of Young Thug's guys stabbed the nigga in March while he was in jail. Now this nigga Thug has been arrested on RICO charges. He's also accused of renting a, a, a sedan from Hertz, which was used in the commission of the murder of Donovan Thomas Jr. on January 10th, 2015. Damn. So, I guess their beef started back in 2017. This is according to Double XL, right? This started when Young Thug called himself the new Tupac and Lucci took exception, tweeting, Pac never wore a dress. And Thugger fired some shots back. But then, you know, in 2018, Young Thug threatened to slap him. And he responded to YFN saying, if I ain't like what you do for your mother and your kids, I would have been killed you. So all in all, this beef been going on for quite a while. Because Lucci turned himself in for murder charge. But obviously Young Thug is denying the charges. But these niggas total are facing 56 counts of the RICO. Like basically a conspiracy to commit murder. Or multiple murders, should I say. Yeah, you gotta watch them niggas, man. This shit is a hell of a story, bro. Those are the only two interesting stories to hit my desk. You know, I put all my energy into yesterday's show. So... We got game fours, y'all. Y'all excited? Y'all ready to do this? Y'all ready to do this shit, nigga? Y'all ready to come around here? Alright. So we got the Suns and the Mavericks as the Dallas Mavericks tied the series 2-2. Two to two. And I know this may be a little bit premature, but I'm saying this now. Phoenix might be in trouble. Because Chris Paul has continued to be uncharacteristic of himself. Because Paul ended up fouling out in the game very early and only scored five points. Meanwhile, Devin Booker wasted a 35-point, 7-assist, 4-rebound game on this bullshit. DeAndre Ayton is selling in this series. With the exception of the first game, Aiton has been pretty much limited, I should say. Has 
been the same guy. I mean, you got you getting checked by Dwight Powell. And Dorian Finney-Smith. And Maxi Kleba. And you can't register 20 points and 12 rebounds, bro? Aiton is a goddamn car salesman in this series. He's slashing prices and he's selling. He should be playing a lot better than that. 14 points is not going to get it done. Crowder did his job. Bridges is also... I'm shocked that Bridges' defense on Doncic has been non-existent. Doncic is having a field day with these niggas. An even bigger disappointment, Cam Johnson. I mean, not Cam Johnson, but the Phoenix Suns bench in its entirety is selling. You know, it seems like they all left their game in Phoenix. It seems like Phoenix is looking like a team that is going to lead on home court. They they keep bullshitting. They'll fuck around and let a game seven walk away. Dallas Mavericks. Six niggas in double figures. Dorian Finney-Smith. Eight threes, y'all. Eight threes. Eight of 12 from three. Eight rebounds. This dude has arrived, as I said on the last show. Dorian Finney-Smith has arrived. Now, Luka Doncic didn't necessarily shoot well. Ah, Skip Bayless is going to have a field day about this. He was one of 10 from three. I know Skip Bayless is going to have a field day. Going to be white on white crime when he see this shit, when he saw that shit. I wonder, I wonder if he said that on um, first, I mean, undisputed, my bad. Yeah, Dallas won, but he shot one of ten from three. Well, you was talking shit about his free throws. He shot seven of eight. Fuck you got to say about that. I mean, he did shoot horrible. He shot 9 of 25. But lucky for Luka, his teammates had his back. As Brunson delivered a pretty decent game. With 18 points. Maxi Kleba, 11 points. Spencer Dinwiddie, 10 points. Davis Bertrand. 12 points, 4, 6 from 3. Even my nigga Frank nigga Lita came in the game and scored 3 points. And the crazy part is Dallas is doing this without Tim Hardaway Jr. That's what's blowing my mind right now. I mean, I did give Dallas 2 games out of respect for Luka Doncic. Dallas not no hoes. But I think Phoenix is going uh be motivated by this L that they took because like I said having not having Chris Paul on the floor a majority of the game definitely affected this team's offense I mean he only played 23 minutes and then in the game before that he sold in that game so hopefully 
Chris Paul can get back to that uh, 14 of 14 Chris Paul that we all know and love. All in all, I think Phoenix might be in trouble, especially if Dallas takes game six. I mean, game five in, in, in Phoenix. This is scary hours. As I tell y'all, time and time again, the series don't start until the first team wins three games. That'll make a man out of you. I'm surprised they put Phoenix on first, but whatever. Miami and Philly. Philadelphia 76ers continue the ride, the wave of the return of Joel Embiid. Oh, and Dallas beat Phoenix 111-101. to I don't know if I said the score or not, but just in case. All right, Philly completes the home court. I mean, I did pick Miami in six games. Again, much, much respect. I got respect for these teams because the Eastern Conference was very close. The Eastern Conference was very competitive. And, oh, yeah. After we talk about these games, we're going to talk about these NBA awards. I gave you all a preview of what I was going to talk about on King No NBA Music Talk on YouTube when I spoke about the NBA awards. Now all of them are said and done, and then I get to be a little bit more um, in-depth onto what I think of these awards. Now, Jimmy Butler, yet another 40-point game wasted. That's a damn shame. Jimmy Butler busting his ass. I mean, he got some help from Bam at a buyout, but everybody else, I mean, Oladipo had 15. Tyler Hero had 11 points. But Max Struess, I mean, didn't really get many opportunities. And I'm and I'm pretty surprised that Duncan Robinson did not play. I don't know what's going on over there. Even Markeith Morris got in the game. But I just think that during certain stretches of the game, Miami took their foot off the gas. And it seemed like every time that they would try to come back in the game, another player from Philly just hits a big shot. I mean, Butler was getting to the line. Butler was playing some defense. But, however, James Harden showed up for the first time all playoffs. James Harden had the best game of the playoffs. He scored 31 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds. It's just that Embiid return just makes anyone look good. Because I felt like he is the real MVP.
Tyrese Maxey had 18 points. Joel Embiid at 24 points, 11 rebounds. Tobias Harris, 13 points. Danny Green, 11 points. Gorgeous Niang had his best game of the series. He had 10 points. I mean, Philly just got contribution. Like, I was kind of disappointed in Miami's defense in this game. But I feel like James Harden was just cooking. He was just hot. And then when you got Embiid there, they're actually hard to stop if Harden actually fucking played with some goddamn sense. I mean, I think any of the top four teams in the East has a shot in winning the NBA title. Obviously, they wouldn't have made it this far. But all in all, my thoughts on this series, Miami has to just take care of business at home. But they haven't played the Sixers fully healthy at home. I think it'll be a different environment. I think game five is going to be ugly. And I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Philly steals one. I just wouldn't be surprised. But anyway, you know, I'm going to stand on what I said and still roll with Miami because, you know, Harden comes and goes sometimes. And a little bit of what he's lacking could be too much for a Maxi and Harris to try to carry. But the key to this series for Philly to win is Maxi, Harris, Embiid, and Harden all got to put in work. They got to score at least 16 or more each. Now, this game was entertaining up until there was a changing of the guard. As we go to the Boston Celtics versus the Milwaukee Bucks. As the Milwaukee Bucks lose at the crib. Y'all had a chance. Y'all had a chance to go up 3-1, but you wanted to pussyfoot and play around with Boston. And oh my goodness, Al Horford. Big Al, and all of the years that he has played, this dude is like a 15, 16 year veteran. I have never seen him play this good. There was a sequence in the game in the third quarter where Giannis dunked on Al Horford. And Giannis looked at him and said, Oh, yeah. Sounded like Randy Savage. And Al Horford looked at him like, Oh, this nigga, this nigga don't know who he just fucked with. He done fucked up. 
And looky here, looky here, Big Al. I mean, this isn't the first time that Al has done this to fucking Giannis Antetokounmpo. But the only problem is the last time he did this to Giannis, Giannis won four straight games. But this time is a different time. I mean, Horford and Antetokounmpo have had history in the playoffs going against each other. Al Horford, y'all. I mean, Boston wins 116-108. to 108. After that sequence, I like this. I like this little back and forth between Boston and Milwaukee. You want to know why? Because it brings back the competition in the NBA. It just does. So Jason Tatum has finally woken up out of his coma because in the first half, he was non-existent. He didn't do well in the first half, but that second half, that third quarter, that late third quarter and that fourth quarter push, Jason Tatum ended up with 30 points, 13 rebounds and five assists. This dude finally showed up and Tatum and Brown both had good games even though Brown only had 18 points that 18 points is significant but no one expected Al Horford to go for 30 points y'all 30 points 8 rebounds 11 to 14 shooting from the field 5 of 7 from 3 Big Al was a force of nature and every playoff series has unexpected moments from guys that are not the stars And Al Horford, who used to be a star in this league, not a superstar, but an all-star, turned back the clock on Giannis. And I think Milwaukee may have squandered their chance of winning this series. This was the turning point of the series because Milwaukee had a great chance to go up 3-1 and to get some rest and to close out. Boston in Boston and now you have extended this series to a best of three that's what you did I'm saying though I'm saying y'all like this was a crazy performance from Al Horford this was different then you had Marcus Smart with 18 points They really put Milwaukee's ass down tonight, despite Giannis Antetokounmpo having yet another groundbreaking performance. Even Derek White. Four of six from the field. This was a complete team effort. I mean, this is what a two and three matchup really should look like. I mean, I told y'all niggas, buckle up. This is going seven. Now, despite Giannis scoring 34 points, 18 rebounds, and five assists, they still lost the game. And it seemed like the first three quarters, Milwaukee was in complete control of the game. But that didn't go over... To the fourth quarter as they ended up losing energy. 
And you could tell that Middleton was definitely missed in this game. Because outside of Giannis, you know, none of these guys could really get their own shot. I mean, Drew Holiday with a world-class sale. 5 of 22 from the field. That's not going to cut it. Holiday got to score 20 or more points. He's got to fill that Middleton role. 16 points, that's not going to cut it. Brooke Lopez had a, did, a good, did a good job, 17 points. And Bud, what the fuck, Mike, uh, uh, Mike Budding, Buddinger? Bobby Portis had no personal fouls, y'all. No personal fouls. Only played 15 minutes. That was a bad coaching job because Bobby Portis does so much on that court. He's an emotional leader. He hits big shots. He plays defense. He rebounds the ball. He blocks shots. He plays good perimeter defense. And he's a fucking warrior. And you only play him 15 minutes. This wasn't all on the Bucks players. I mean, you can blame Drew Holiday for shooting 5 of 22. Drew shot 5 of 22. Played 40 minutes also. That's a lot of time that Portis could have been out there. And George Hill makes made his return today. Well, actually, no. He made his return in game three. Pat Connington was hitting some big shots in the game. But, yeah, man. That Drew Holiday sale and them not playing Bobby Portis. Only playing Portis 15 minutes. That's what cost them the game. And then Giannis, you know, poking the bear and Al Horford. Yeah, Yeah, man, it's crazy, bro. That was a wild fucking game, man. That was insane. Like it the the beef, the rivalry. This is a really ugly series. And I knew it was gonna be a knockdown drag down series. And speaking of knockdown drag down, wow. The Jollis Grizzlies did hold it down like POP. They almost had him. I mean, as I told y'all on YouTube earlier, like there's no way that Golden State should sell this game because if they do, they would be in trouble. Because how in the fuck would you lose a game with no job playing? Now, yes, they're going to say, oh, well, they went 18 and two without job. That doesn't fucking matter. The playoffs is a whole different environment. A lot of those guys have not been playing well this season. And this is the first time that the uh, Grizzlies role players have played any good in this series. It seemed like John Morant was doing a, a carry job this whole series because Desmond Bain still hasn't shown up this series. He has been non-existent. Dylan Brooks has shot horrible in this series. And that trend continued as the Golden State Warriors ended up going 3-1. They're the only team that's up 3-1. 
And I know Golden State is ready to take that break to get their uh, bench leader, Andre Iguodala, back. But five niggas in double figures from Memphis. Uh, Dylan Brooks had 12 points but shot five of 19 from the field. Two of nine from three. I seen some of the shots he was taking. They were terrible contested shots. Jaron Jackson Jr. had 21 points but he was 0 of 7 from three. 7 of 21 from the field. Jaron Jackson may have not been Karen Jackson. Because at least he attempted 21 shots. But he needed to. And even with all of that bad shooting, Golden State only won by three points. You want to know why they only won by three points? Golden State in this entire series, I mean, everybody's going to say, oh, it's the Memphis defense. No, it's not. It's Golden State's careless turnovers. Honestly, bro, if you want me to be... If y'all want it, want me to uh, keep it a buck with y'all, I'm going to keep it a bean. Golden State should have swept these niggas. Flat the fuck out. Golden State should should be up 4-0. Them selling that, that second game in Memphis and getting comfortable because they know that they're good at home. You can't be comfortable in no series. You got to put the pedal to the metal. You got to put your foot through these motherfuckers' chest. Now, Golden State was lucky to win this game. They were lucky as hell. Steven Adams even showed up in this game and played 27 minutes. Scored 10 points, 15 rebounds. I mean, they could use Steven Adams. I mean, he's bigger than everybody else on the fucking court. Tyus Jones at John Morant's spot, he did pretty good filling in with 19.6 rebounds and 5 assists. But unfortunately, that 19 ain't 30-plus points. Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, had his best statistical game this series with 17 points, 7 of 8 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3. I mean, this is crazy, man. Like, Memphis was that close. But if Memphis was hitting their shots, they would have won this game and stole one in Golden State. But here's the thing. I told y'all, Golden State wasn't going to lose a game at home. Memphis is going to have to rally and maybe extend this series six games. But I think Golden State wants to put these niggas up out of here. But I mean they've kept they've won a game in Memphis already and it's nothing for them to win another game. Now Steph Curry. Steph Curry closed the game out. Steph Curry hit some big shots tonight. Steph Curry rallied the troops. Andrew Wiggins, you know, had a great first half. But that second half, he was selling. Like, he almost cost them the game at the end. Klay Thompson shot 6 of 20. 0 of 7 from 3. 
That nigga is was selling like Drake tonight. He was selling. He put enough bricks to fund a whole drug organization. That's how many bricks Clay Thompson put up tonight. I don't know who was worse, Clay, Dylan Brooks, or Jaron Jackson Jr. with the shot. But here's the thing, though. All of the turnovers that Golden State had were silly, reckless turnovers. Jordan Poole, he didn't necessarily get going until the fourth quarter. Otto Porter Jr. Yeah, someone told me Otto Porter Jr. was going to show off tonight, and he had 12 points off the bench. Von Looney, 8 points, 9 rebounds. But all in all... This was really Memphis's game to win. I mean, they had complete control of the game and they let it slip between their fingers. This is the fault. This is like the fault of, you know, Memphis. They knew they had some shoes to fill with Ja, but they had a big lead throughout the game. They had like nine point, 10 point leads because Golden State was literally handing these niggas the game. But when you shoot nine of 35 from three, you're not really going to win any games. But then again, <laughs> I take that back. Golden State shot nine of 37. Matter of fact, Memphis shot better from the field than Golden State and still lost. This is how I know Memphis sold. Memphis definitely should have won that game. Memphis only hit 9-15 from the free throw line. Golden State hit 20-22. of 22. And Steph Curry was clutch in closing out the game. Now, where does this leave Memphis? For me... I mean, I had this shit going seven, but Ja's injury makes a major difference. If Ja don't play in game five, I'm guaranteeing that Golden State winning this game. You can have that home cooking all you want. But if but no Ja, no dubs. Y'all gonna have to put that as a hashtag. No Ja, no W. Now let's get to these MV uh, let's get to these uh NBA awards. I was highly disappointed today. I was highly disappointed to find out that Nikola Jokic won MVP. Now did he have an MVP caliber season? Absolutely. Statistically, yes, he was the MVP from a stat standpoint. But when you add all the other elements to go along with them stats, we know who should have won. Now Giannis, he deserved first place votes he did and Embiid deserved all the first place votes all of these joker motherfuckers man are too focused on analytics and stats and too focused on the fact that he led the Nuggets to a 6 seed without um, Porter and Murray now however last year the reason why Joker won that MVP was because he was a three seed but I had an argument that 
Um, last year that Embiid had his team. Wasn't they the number one seed last year? I definitely recall them being a one seed last year. I know they got upset and shit. But even with, I mean, but MB got hurt. I understand that. And Joker played more games. That was the difference. But this year, though, MB was robbed. Because you want to know why? One factor. Defense. Nikola Jokic does not play good defense. He has one of the the worst defensive ratings in the league. You could just go to... Nobody fears Joker going to the basket. People don't be going to the rack on Embiid like that. They don't. I just think from a defensive standpoint and an offensive standpoint, because Joker and Embiid got the same offensive bag. And I feel like with Philly, with all the controversy that was going on with no Ben Simmons, and then Philly was in a more competitive conference. And you saw what happened when Embiid was not present in the first two games in Miami. Philly struggled. But when Joel Embiid came back, James Harden got open shots. Tyrese Maxey got open shots. Danny Green got open shots. And it's all because of Joel Embiid's presence. Joker did not make guys like Will Barton, guys like Austin Rivers, Aaron Gordon. He didn't make those guys better. Just because you make an assist doesn't mean you made your teammates better. It's more than that. It's leadership. And I think, to be honest with you, I think Embiid is a better leader than Joker. And Joker feasted on a weak Western Conference. The West was weak because their nine seed was way under 500. Their 10 seed... Their nine seed, the the Pelicans, I believe it was, was 36 and 46. And then the San Antonio Spurs, I think they were 33 and 49. And then look at Denver's division on who they play four times. They played the Timberwolves four times. That's a formidable opponent, but they're sellers. They're pretenders and not contenders. Okay. And then also, right? OKC's in their division. Terrible team. Portland's in their division. They had injuries to Damian Lillard. So they're a hor- they're a horrible team. So you got easy wins. And they feasted. I think they were like 27 and 9 against sub 500 teams. And Philly in their conference were probably a game behind for the number one seed. It was very competitive. So I don't understand. Like, are we... I think that these voters focus too much on advanced statistics like VORP and wind shares and all that. Who made this shit happen? The league fucked up the game because we used to go by impact, eye test, 
and statistics all wrapped up into one. Now they're focused on VORP, PER, and all these advanced statistics that don't mean shit. Advanced statistics don't always necessarily get to the root of what impact is. Because, yes, you take Jokic and Embiid off their teams, they're not any good. We get that. But as far as I'm concerned, I am disappointed in the NBA voters. And I think that they need to go back to the players voting or the coaches voting or something. Because these people that are voting, they don't know shit about basketball. They don't. Some of them do. But some of them are just too focused on stat lines and not focused on impact. And I feel like Joel Embiid had a bigger impact on the offensive end and defensive end. Now, next up, rookie of the year was Scotty Barnes. Um, I mean, Scotty Barnes definitely deserves some first place votes, but y'all niggas know what time it is. It should have went to Cade. Scotty Barnes has the luxury of a championship roster and a championship coach. Everybody want to talk about what they did last year. They had injuries last year. You know, Toronto still, even with injuries this year, they battled back. They're a really good team. Gary Trent was uh, uh was was in the playoffs last year with Portland. I mean, a couple years ago with Portland. OG Ananobi's a champion. Pascal Siakam's a champion. Fred Van Vliet is a champion. So when you have a championship roster like that, it's easy. It's easy for you to shine. Kane Cunningham had to carry this team through a lot of games this year. I think he was more valuable to his squad than Scotty Barnes is. You take Cade off our team, we ain't winning 10 games. I mean, his second best player is Jeremy Grant. And Jeremy Grant isn't as good as Ananobi, Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam. He's not as good as those three players. I mean, Cade Cunningham is actually a better player than Scotty Barnes is. And again, here we go again, focusing too hard on stat lines versus impact because I've seen a lot of Scotty Barnes stats and he's had some crazy double doubles. That's cute and all. But if you took him off that team, I think they still be in the playing game. I'm not saying that Barnes don't have no impact. I'm just saying that Cade's impact on his basketball team was much greater. Um, Defensive player of the year was Marcus Smart. Um, I'm not going to argue that because my original person was uh, Jared Allen and he ended up getting hurt. You know, my MVP was Embiid. Um, My rookie was Cade. Coach of the year for back-to-back years, we had Monty Williams. I mean, I agree. 
Not mad at that at all. Not mad at that at all. Sixth man of the year. Tyler Hero. Was the sixth man of the year. I agree with that 100%. Now my biggest gripe. I told y'all about most improved player. On how it was bullshit. Even Ja felt like he shouldn't have even won the award. I mean that should have went to Jordan Poole. It was Jordan Poole's award to win. He became the third Splash Brother. What more can you ask? The nigga was in the G League last year. What more can you ask? You know what I'm saying? The fuck? I'm trying to tell y'all. A lot of y'all niggas be picking the wrong candidates. See, this is what the fuck I be talking about. None of these people who are voting on these things know shit about basketball. They supposed to be some so-called experts, but pick the wrong niggas. And this is a year where they picked a lot of the wrong niggas. Especially the finalists. Garland, Murray, and fucking uh, Ja. Come on, y'all. Should have been Poole, Maxi, and Miles Bridges. disappointed very disappointed not disappointed in defensive player of the year coach of the year um not mad at all exec of the year I had James Jones who did they have as the executive of the year I hope it was James Jones again Trying to figure that out right now for y'all. Okay, that hasn't been announced yet. It hasn't been announced. But I think James Jones gonna get that shit again. So, I believe that is it. This is King Known Uncensored. Last minute thoughts. Last minute thoughts on these series. I honestly think that Philly and Miami could go seven. Not going to lie. Despite me making the choice already. But watching the series and Embiid's progress and Harden having that big game. That's enough to put in your mind to change your mind. But at the same time, I'm not changing my pick. 
Boston and Milwaukee buckle up seven games. Memphis and Golden State, I mean, if Ja don't play game five, they're as good as dead. I'm going to say that once again. Dallas and Phoenix. Phoenix better win game five. Because if Dallas wins game five, Phoenix is screwed. And it will be another disappointing season for Chris Paul. A, a disappointing end to a season for Chris Paul. But this is King Known Uncensored. Uh, game four. And I'm gone.